My name is Haley Rose. My name is Lily Blue. And we are the, the Good, Good Boys, Boys Girls. Girls. Um, hi, I love you. Hi, I love you. And so we have, this is our first like official episode, and we have since the last episode dropped accrued uh, a bit of a following. So hello to all of our, yes. our lovely listeners. Hello, everybody. Um, it was so nice meeting you all. I... Really enjoyed making some new friends and getting to talk to people on Facebook and Twitter and all that. So, hello, if yes, you're here absolutely. from one of those places, it's so nice to have you with us, and we hope you stick yes. around and tell your friends. Yes, tell your friends. This spreads by word of mouth. Oh, where have I heard that before? Ah, mysterious, um, I wonder. Mysterious. Um, but yeah, we'll cover all that at the end. But for now, this is our first real, real episode, and like we said at the end of the last one, we're going to be talking about what brings what has probably brought the majority of McElroy's fans into the fandom. Mm -hmm. Like this has just been from my experience. Sure. And I know a few people who have come in like purely for the podcasts and then like wind up on uh, this, but the majority right. of people that I know, this was their gateway McElroy content. Well, you know, and that, of course, how, as they say, law of large numbers. Yes. And so that is of course, Monster Factory. I mean, last time um, I checked the final Pam video, it had like two million views. Yeah, so I mean, that's so, that's a large enough number to requisite a law. So, for sure. um, although I will say that being said, I know a surprising amount of people who have listened or excuse me have watched Monster Factory and only Monster Factory, and when they find out uh -huh. that there are other things that they do, and not only other things but a third boy. They're like, right. what? There's a third there's an brother? There's an entire third boy yeah. that they've been hiding from us. <laughs> they've been um, hiding a third McElroy this whole is time? Is he the impetus for the monster factory? Is he the original monster that they're trying to replicate <gasps> in all of these games? He's like the Boo Radley that lives underneath their <laughs> stairs. Right, and they're the two weirdly progressive <laughs> children from the 60s. So... Um, <laughs> That's uh, but yeah, the the mountain, the Monster Factory on Polygon um is a web series that they created um and uh, for those of you that don't know, although I don't know anyone who wouldn't, um but for those of you that don't, you podcast purists out there, uh it is a wonderful show on Polygon, which is their uh internet uh, website, internet mm -hmm. website. Hang on, <laughs> let me just go hide in a closet and slowly age for a second. Their video game website on what? the internet. <laughs> What? <laughs> What's this animagusits? Someone get on the Twitter. Haley, this is a fridge. Oh, what is that? Uh, you put your food in it to keep it cold. Oh, wait, you mean you don't have to use ice anymore? I mean, you do, but that stays in the freezer. What a whole separate freaking thing. For yeah, freezer. exactly. <laughs> it's for ice and ice cream. And that's what? it. That's all you put in the freezer is ice and ice cream. 
What? <laughs> what? Um, so Polygon.com, which is their video game website that they helped found, I believe. Um, and uh, this is their flagship series. It was their flagship series for a while. I mean, they right. have a lot of shows, but this was their like big moneymaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a show where Justin and Griffin, the eldest and youngest boys, um, went into video game character creators and tried to make the, how do I put this, uh, world's most unholy abominations. Yes, but the goal is to make super unholy abominations using character creations cre- character creators and pushing them to their absolute extremes and then taking these beautiful characters and using them to play the game and therefore falling in love with them right falling in, in love so. with these monstrosities right there are a few they did not they were not able to fall in love with <laughs> um truck shepherd comes to mind Oh, I love Truck Shepard, though. They fell in love with him along the way, but where Truck wound up, they couldn't forgive. So (laughs) it was it was a Well, they excused it by saying that Truck took hold of the video game and did it to himself. (laughs) Which, we'll get to that, but there's the the spooky metas of all of it is really interesting. But, so they they had made, oh, shoot, Apotamus. Thank you, darling. Mm-hmm. Uh, they made 56 episodes, um, and then they quit uh, YouTube forever, and they're <laughs> never coming back. Never, ever, ever. They're never going to come back. They said, no, we're beyond this. Dis- we are <laughs> D- Disclaimer, that's not true. It's not true. Um, they said that they would come back to make more, and I'm eagerly awaiting them. The last one they did was uh, Monster Hunter World, um, Halo 666 joins the fight mm-hmm. uh, with her father, Meowster Chief, um, which was very funny. When yeah. I first watched it, I was like, I was probably a little bit bitter about the fact that I thought it was the last one. Yeah. Um, but then in retrospect, I was like, wow, this is like, if it really were the last one, it's probably the most Monster Factory E one they've yeah, ever done. It's like Monster Factory in its purest form. For real. Like it's not it's not a huge big hitter like, you know, uh pure just like Bart Monster Factory. Yeah, it's but it's like just like Monster Factory as it would be at its peak performance for any game. Right. Um and so it really shines through. They really hit their hit their stride. Um now I just wanna why don't we go real quick and our favorite episodes, our favorite series is of episode, oh, episodes. Oh, don't make me choose. It's like choosing your favorite son. Yeah, it's like choosing children. I don't want to do that. Okay, I'm going to do my top to. three. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Fallout 4, episode three, Fallout 4, episode two, and Fallout 4, <laughs> episode one. No, I'm going to do my three favorite characters. Okay. So, uh, <clears throat> it's... Uh, I have just for like, just because of posterity, I uh-huh. have to say Final Pam, and I know that's uh-huh. like the most cheesy. But you have typical. cosplayed her. I have, and she's a part of me now, and <laughs> she lives within you as she, she does within all she, video games. Yes, I am video game, and she lives inside of me. Um, right, and so there was something about being Final Pam that was like super awesome because like it gave me a weird self of sen- a sense of self-confidence 
that, which mm. is like so bizarre to say, but she's such a powerful being. Right. And like dressing up as Final Pam and then having people say to me, like people who I d- didn't know, like didn't know watch Monster Factory be like, oh my God, you look just like Final Pam. Your makeup's amazing. And wow, your hair looks so good short. You should cut it like that. I think that's where it started. <laughs> was probably about a year ago. And oh, since is that when then, you got? That's when you got gay. Is when Final <laughs> Pam infused herself inside of you. Is when no, you got that's gay when for the, the first time? that's when the pixie cut fever started. And I was like, uh, oh okay. shit, I want to cut all my hair off. Got and it. And then I have been talking about it ever since then. So and, what you're saying is, Matt Monster Factory made you gay. Is what um, you're saying? No, I was already gay before that. I, oh, okay. They don't well, get that much good. credit. Um, uh, according to my aunt, I've been gay since I was born, but whatever. Um, um, so like much like Lady Gaga, you were, I was born born this way. Yes, exactly. Um, so Final Pam is probably up there and then Boy Mayor of Second Life. Mm, Good boy. Oh man. God. Just, there's so many good quotable moments from that whole series and just like all the shenanigans they get into. Like, I really, really Mm -hmm. love the games where they play online with other people, especially people who aren't fans of the show. Like, it's like Knife Dad is great. They just like have, they're completely blindsided by this meme factory. (laughs) Yeah. Like, like Knife Dad is great because it's just this overflow of like so many crazy people from the fandom but then Mm -hmm. you get like you know with boy mayor of second life you've got these people who like take second life almost way too seriously and you've got these two if you're gonna come in here and act like a jackass i'm gonna bam bam i've got my hand on the eject button so you can quit anytime you you like um did you know that there's a crocodile woman down in the lake i think dogs should vote (laughs) Could you um, could you resize could the, you pizza, resize please? the pizza, please? <laughs> <laughs> I just love that he he mutes the mic to laugh, and there are definitely at least two times where he doesn't mute it quick enough yeah. before he starts cackling. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> oh, you can man. see the sound lines it's coming. It's so off. good. Oh, I just want to be good. like part of me wants to be on the other side of that. Like I wanted right, to like, be just there. To catch the McElroy yeah. train as it rolls yeah. through your neighborhood. Absolutely. I don't play video games enough, but like part of me would love to be playing some kind of online game at some point and then just like see like when he was doing uh Peacecraft. Oh part my of God. me I tried to download World of Warcraft so I could like catch him and send him well, mail and stuff. We'll we'll get to Peacecraft. Oh but yeah, for yeah. The yeah. time being but, you um know. Yes. Uh, so uh, Final Pam, Monster Boy Mayor, Second Life, yes. and Tostito, Tostinos. They're like in one. To- Totinos. 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 Pizza. Totinos. 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 Uh, they're they're like they're like a package deal. They come together. Yes, um, of course. And then, oh God, I only can pick one more. Here's the thing: is like I want to say Jaam. Mm-hmm. But it's not. I think in my heart of hearts, it's probably either Truck Shepherd. Mm-hmm. Oh my! Uh, or or, or um, Garrett. Oh, <laughs> I got oh my Birkenstock. I got my Birkenstock. You know, I need my potions. That's his catchphrase. I, I need my bow. I need my medicine. I, I I mean, need my medicine. And, and then, of course, there's Arby McDonald oh, 
fucking good boys. So many good boys. Yeah, and the pebble. For my, I just can't. For my choice. Yeah. For my beautiful angels, it's definitely um, Jaam. Jaam, Garrett, and honestly, the Junker. Really. Because I love the Junker because not for the design or for the gameplay. No, play, you like him because he's deeply religious. Because he deeply, re- a lot of people don't know this about the Junker, but he's deeply religious. <laughs> I love their little character because that's my favorite character that the boys, all three of them do. Right. Is that like Southern West so, Virginia, right. like good old boy. Fuck you, Skinner. Like right. that guy. The, the, and that's the down home country West Virginia Baptist boy that you know they all grew up with. Right, exactly. Like down yeah. the street, the guy who worked at the mechanics like right. place. Like, fuck you, Skinner. Fuck you, play but, some like, Skinner. Fuck you, play. I want to go to school, School's learn how to do technical college, servers. learn how to maintain servers. <laughs> yeah, like that guy. But the reason I love the Junker is because the Junker is now my canonical character for that guy whenever <laughs> right. they do that voice on so the Bim Bam. So you just see Junker or, in your head. Yeah. So like when it's the cats, like when they're talking about it, I just picture that guy. I just picture <laughs> the Junker sitting down going, like working on the thing. Like, I don't like mouse. I'm, 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 a, I'm opposed to them more. You get a better, better tracks and with the trackpad. Yeah, like I just picture the Junker. I love him because he's deeply religious. Um, and Ja'am because he has backpack for his applesauce. Um, backpack for, for his, his applesauce. applesauce. There's chords for that somewhere. I've never learned them. Yeah, I, I've been trying to work with Tom on making an actual jingle, <gasps> like commercial jingle yes. for that. Um, I'll try to get that out by the time this episode drops. Um because that's I I would love that more than anything. That's but Friday, baby. I know I'm working on it. So, um, <laughs> but that so Junker, yeah, and then Garrett, of course. My potions, my potions, my medicine. <laughs> but the Monster Factory. Here's here's some of the things I love about the Monster Factory. Okay, straight up and down. Like on a critical, serious note. <clears throat> yeah, Because yeah. now we apparently are supposed to critically analyze these things. Well, that's what we told um, people we were going to do. That's what we told people we were going to do, and now we have to. We have a moral obligation. Right, so right. we can't just gush. We have to do some critical analysis. I mean, analysis. we could just sit here and gush about we how much we love ha- these We have an obligation boys. to just do a little bit, at least. Okay. So here's, here's the thing. Okay. It's clobbering time. But... <laughs> <laughs> the the boys have made it a point from the beginning and they mention it in Halo 666 specifically yeah. to never pick on specific body types right. and like facial features because right. they're aware that like someone out there has that facial feature right. and if they make the comedy around oh it's ugly mm-hmm. you know like they never made the final Pam and they never laughed at the final Pam because she was particularly masculine or right. not very attractive. In fact, they made Final Pam and the first thing they started talking about was how powerful she and looked. And how beautiful, yeah. Like, right. she's a and so fucking like, unit. I love Final Pam so much. Right. And so, like, they, they've they always been very body positive yeah. about their body horrors. Right. So, like, 
outside of but then as soon as it ventures into the unreal and the surreal like truck shepherd then all of a sudden it's i hate it it's awful i would rather go i'd rather <laughs> take sword face on a nice taco date than spend 10 fucking seconds with pig man um <laughs> which is probably the justin McElroy quote of that year uh whatever year that was but um uh, probably 2015 16 yeah somewhere so there. the these boys they're very very body positive and they're very positive about it and that's why For i sure. think like any in the hands of anyone else this format would have been horrible and toxic oh it would have just been let's put mustaches on women and laugh at how they're trannies and blah blah i'm trans by the way so Sorry if I if that word offends. Uh, I'll try to venture away from it, but you know, like this is the kind of language these people would employ. But right. our boys, especially video did game not. boys, they, they oh yeah, just... especially video game boys, they would have laughed at that. They would have made like weird racist like figures and yeah. like. Meanwhile, you get like weird, <laughs> like um, one of my favorite videos adjacent to the like in the fandom is from uh, Kyle Calgren from Browse Held High, mm-hmm. uh, and he did. An actual critical analysis of are you Monster think, Factory. Are you talking about why Monster it. Factory is art? Yes. Yes, I um, love that video. Uh, he's one of my favorite critics online. He does really wonderful video essays. If you're not subscribed to him, go subscribe to him right now, this very instant, if not just for this one video. Yes. But um, he does, also, he's family. He just recently came out as bisexual and Aww. all about that life. Cool. Yeah, um, he came out in a video essay entitled uh, "The Rise of Bi Lighting," and then he went through the whole oh, thing. Oh, you talking told about... me about that. And then at the end, he said, "It's uh, some directors might just be using it to try to convey something that they don't know how to say themselves." And then he just sits silently and shrugs, and the video ends, and you go, "Oh shit!" <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, completely sidetrack. Uh, he goes in to say, like, they have actual like interesting like theoretical viewpoints that they bring up uh, and one of the things he brings up is like race theory and how like uh there's like an ethnicity slider in the PGA tour and he's like oh look now they're all ethnicities at the same time i guess <laughs> or um the one from i think it was is dark souls or bloodborne when they were making toucan dan Right. And he says, it looks like it's a racist, it's racist for a race that doesn't exist. <laughs> this looks racist for a race that doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, another God. Justin McElroy quote of that year, I'm going to say 2016. Good. <laughs> so, um, the, yeah. Yeah, no, there's actually a couple different, uh, there's a cu- there's a handful of different Monster Factory like analyses. Um, mm-hmm. Kyle Calgren has one. Um, there's one, it's Movies with Mikey on Filmjoy, has a mm-hmm. really good one. I don't know if you've watched that one, but I like that one a lot. Um, um, I have not. Yeah, there's a handful of them out there where people just do, like, super... I mean, I, it'd be pointless for us to, like, recount them, because somebody right. has already done the work and said it better than us. So oh, go course. find those videos. But um, Go find those videos. Um, and my other favorite thing about Monster Factory is, like, even though it's a visual medium people mm-hmm. still like draw animatics for it and fan art and yeah. stuff. Like we have the visual, unlike podcasts, which like it makes sense. You know, we have right. the visual medium, but people still make like fan content, which is the cool. I love that stuff. It's so oh, absolutely. cool. And they tweak it because like the video game is limited in what it's capable of doing. Absolutely. And they're, 
they work out of audio mediums all the time. And so like they're, they live in a world of imagination. So they have the moment. One of my favorite animatics is the final Pam, um, you know, fix the baby. Uh, right, right, right. And there's the bit where, um, Met three, I met a husband. <laughs> Do not tell Trash Hulk no, about our love. Uh, and then um, <laughs> Justin Ice. starts like laughing and goes, <laughs> but it sounds like a gasp. And so in the animatic, they make Final Pam gasp, like, oh no, we've been caught. <laughs> it like, there are, here I am on a podcast describing an animatic. Go watch it. Yeah. But um, yeah, the, the, the fan response to this is incredible. And of course, just like Bart was like what catapulted their whole career. I still hold true that there was this zeitgeist moment where just like Bart became a meme. Yeah. Right at the same time that Taz was coming out. Right. People latched onto Taz and then found Mabim Bam and then their whole shit blew up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right at that moment because of Monster Factory and, you know. It's just their brilliant business strategy of casting a wide net of content. Absolutely. But Monster Factory, um, on a more serious note, let's get oh, close to the microphone. We're getting serious now. Mm -hmm. About Monster Factory? Let's get close to the microphone and talk seriously okay. about the Monster Factory. All right. Um, talk, talk to me seriously about this. It's really funny. <laughs> uh -huh. It's really funny. It makes me laugh a lot. Um, and... I like it a lot, and that's uh, that's that's really that's was all that, I have to say. Was that your serious, serious moment? That was my serious moment. Brought to you by um, <laughs> Blue Apron. Penny whistles. <laughs> no, we're not sponsored by by Blue Apron. Yet. We're legally required to say that we're not sponsored by Blue Apron yet. yet. But or no, on a more serious Casper. note about Monster Factory, actually, yeah. um, I think. It is very, what drew me to originally, what drew me to it originally um, was what draws me to the McElroys in general. And I think this is where we can kind of infuse this into the general theme of this podcast. Sure. Is that the boys, it's, there's nothing more sibling-y to me than playing a video game with your brother mm -hmm. and making up bullshit about the characters you're seeing. <laughs> Um, like I remember playing Nightfire with my brother when we were kids and we would, um, we would name the different NPCs in the, in the multiplayer mode. Cause you can make like multiplayer, like in multiplayer, you can make AI characters right. and you can adjust their like intelligence. So you can make one of them like really stupid and you can make another one really smart. And so we would make a bunch of them really stupid. And then we would like voice what the characters were doing. In that sort of like, you know, early 2000s, very not PC kind of way. But right. uh, that was the kind of lens of like fraternal bonding of going through and playing these games and like coming up with stories outside of what was there and then planting that into the the game you're playing. And then your memory of the game is twisted by the fact that like you had all this fun with your brother and like you remember the stories you came up with, right? And not the actual, actual game story proper. of the game, right? <laughs> and then you play the real game later in life, and you're like, wait, but what? What happened to you know? What happened to the olive man? Yeah. Where's why isn't he bringing me his delicious olives through his olive gun? <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, see, I had a similar experience with my siblings. Not quite the same, uh, mostly just because we didn't play video games a whole lot together, mostly just because um, when all three of us got together playing video games, it always devolved into a fight. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because the way our ages were and, like, you know, my little, my youngest sister, when she was, I mean, she still now is very competitive, always has been. And so, like, you know, my brother and I would try to, like, let her win, but it, he got, he would, well, I would let her win, but he never would because he knew he was good at, like, Mario Kart or whatever and was just a jerk about it. Because, you know, he was 12. <laughs> we were kids. Um, but some of my favorite memories are um, playing the Lego video games together, specifically mm. Lego Star Wars. I think my brother and I have 100%ed Lego Star Wars together at least three times. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um and, you know, because the, the thing of that game is you play the whole story through, but then it's designed so that you go back and play it again with the new characters you unlock so you can get other things in earlier levels that you couldn't get before. Because, like, right. you know, to get up high, abilities. you need a character with a gap, grappling hook, but you didn't have one when you were, you know, in level one the first time. And so now you have to go back to Tatooine mm-hmm. so you can get up high. And, like, so that was super fun. And so we would play, when you unlocked all the characters, we would play, like, heroes and villains together. Um, right. And we would make up all of these stories about like, like heroes and villains, uh, like after the cameras are off and like, you know, when during the movie, they like hate each (laughs) other, but then like behind the scenes, they're like going to get coffee and just hanging out and like shooting droids together. (laughs) And like, they have like lightsaber duels and, you know, we would talk to each other like Darth Vader and and Leia. Yeah, it was really fun. And um, we would just make up all of these stories of like Darth Vader and Leia just like hanging out afterwards and having father daughter bonding time and like going out and playing some space ball. Aw, space ball. Yeah, it was was fun. We would do things like that. But I think if I mentioned that to my brother now, he wouldn't even remember at all. Right. (laughs) But it's it's funny because like, and I think it ties back again to this feeling of like wanting that familiar relationship and sort of leeching off of this McElroy, like right. pure wholesome family fun. Um, but beyond that, you know, like why I often come back to this well when I laugh at things. Cause like as a comedian, my instinct is like enjoy things in the moment and then afterwards figure out why analyze, it's funny. Right. Yeah, figure out why it's funny. And so for me, the reason the Monster Factory is funny is uh, multiple, multi-parted. Um, sure. There are multiple, f- multifaceted. There's multiple facets of <laughs> the funny. And um, the first of which is obviously a sight gag. You know, you see the Squirtle sure. Man and you hear the word super buff Squirtle and <laughs> it's just a wild thing to see and take in with the eyes. And that's... <laughs> You know, wild. You see the boy mayor of Second Life, and just seeing the boy mayor of Second Life for an extended period of time, God. you're like, "Oh, who's this human ransom note?" And yeah. it makes you laugh, like just the sight gag alone. But beyond the sight gag, what sustains these things for hour and a half long stretches of content is the boys infusing character into them, and so they make these characters that are. Sometimes despicable, but always <laughs> redeemable. Right. Which is one of Griffin's strongest abilities. You find this in, you know, uh, the Adventure Zone all the time. Right. Of like these NPCs that are like, uh, 
you know, you could easily hate Angus McDonald. You could easily hate him because he's a very annoying, smart-alecky little boy. You shut your mouth right on. now. You can very, there's a, because why do you think Merle and, and, and everyone hated him instantly? Why do you think they gave him such a hard time right off the bat? Because the archetype he's playing is an annoying little boy. But sure. we love Angus. Because he's because a precious he's, child. Because he's a precious gem. And he's too he's a he's a beautiful, beautiful thing, and he's too good for this world. But Great cinnamon roll. I love my boy. Yes, he's a beautiful cinnamon roll. But he you know, Griffin is excellent at coming up with these characters. Um right. an alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> like blatantly an alcoholic. And, you know, blatantly, like, you know, kind of oh, yeah. shitty um, to his friends. Hashtag Taz spoilers. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. Sorry, Taz spoilers. But, like, uh, you know, he's, but that's, you still love him. You don't yeah. remember him as, like, oh, that shitty alcoholic guy. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? He's obvious. Like, he's obvious. And, like, you know, there are multiple characters throughout the series, like, Pringles. Oh yeah, God. Pringles is terrible. No, he's but awful. We love Pringles. Well, and and if we want to go that far. I mean, Merle is awful. Merle like, is terrible. Merle is a terrible human being, but we mm-hmm. love him. <laughs> he's and I think, I think, and I'm gonna go out on a big extrapolation thing here. So bear with me. Sure. But I think that that comes from the boy's own understanding of redemption. Sure. Because when they started out making content, they were just a couple of like good old West Virginia boys. They were the junker, not right. really, but like you know, they might they had a lot of similar viewpoints. Well, they to could the have junker. been. They could you have know? been the junkers, but they, you know, moved past their own insecurities and and ignorances and became a lot more than that. And this is obviously a big leap for me to make of like, well, they're infusing that. But I think on some level it's subconscious for them of like, even people who are flawed can be lovable. Right. I And I feel like they, they, they like we do. And I think that's something that draws a lot of queer people to the show, to their shows, is the idea that people that generally, that have traits that are generally considered hateable. Right. Um, can still be loved. Well, and I think also that like it's it's the idea that like nobody is flawless, but people also aren't defined by their flaws. Yes. Like your flaws are not who you are, they're just part of you and you can overcome mm-hmm. them and change them about yourself or just accept them and like it like if it's a flaw you can't fix, you know, like a physical flaw especially. You know, right. like a mole or a scar or, right. you know, I'm not talking about a personality flaw because that's always something that's fixable. But, you know, if it's something right. that's like, especially, you know, because that's a lot of what Monster Factory is are these like, you know, terrible, horrible, grotesque looking creatures. creatures yeah. But they are still in the end like lovable and powerful and strong or funny or... Or cute and sad or, right, you know. Right, like just... You know, they're they're you love them, all of them. Yeah. And, you know, I think beyond all that, I think what it what's the, the you know, the um, the inherent conceit of the whole series is like we're using the game's engine to fuck it up. It fuck itself up. Right. 
we're but, pushing games past the limit that then they were designed to be taken. Right. Like, but <laughs> that being said, every creature they've made, with the exception of Shrek, um, <laughs> is within the confines of what the game says is possible. Right. And so no matter how, no, even with Chuck though, even with Chuck, they can make every character as fucked up or more fucked up than Chuck Shepard. They right. can make them all human asterisks. Well, they downloaded a third-party software, but yes, right. it is but possible. But they can make they can make you know every one of them. They can make them all trash hulks and, and truck shepherds and Garrets and just make the worst creatures of all time. But the thing is, the game still plays the same no matter what. Well, you they look fucking like. reskimmed Dark Dark Souls right to be right. entirely pizza. Right, but the game still plays the same. Right, That's no, it was still the same game with the same. But like, well, I mean, it's the same idea though of like same mechanics. The whole you game know, plays, the, plays same the same way, but he just has everything's pizza, and he has a shield with Steve Harvey's face on it. Like, right, it's the but same like, game. Ultimately, yeah, we're all playing the same game, no matter what you <laughs> look like, and physical traits are ultimately meaningless. That's what I find this. The message of this show is like what right. you look like doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's, it's how you're playing the game. Right. And, and how you treat others and who you are and that kind right. of thing. And whether or not you can psychically destroy helicopters. Yes, exactly. Also, um, this is something I wanted to talk about earlier when I was thinking about it, when we were talking about the sibling thing. And this is right. probably something I'll bring up again later, especially when we talk about Taz. Um, mm-hmm. but I think one of the main things that I took away from Monster Factory when I started watching it was beyond the fact that it was like good, fun entertainment and I shouldn't have been watching it at work because it was really hard not to just pee my pants laughing. <laughs> um, but I came away from it with the desire to be a better sibling to my siblings. Mm. Cause I see the way the boys treat each other and how they interact and like Justin and Griffin's just like playful banter back and forth. And like, I get that part of it is like a persona, you know, an uh-huh. online persona, but like they're never mean to each other. Right. You know and what I mean? They like, are, it's like, it's out of good fun. T- it's poking right. fun. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they, they, they aren't like, especially in monster factory though, like Justin, several times and Griffin too, they could very purposefully like say mean and hurtful things to each other, but they Mm -hmm. don't, you know, and they just have a good time playing video games together. And like, I don't know. It just, I came away from it, like missing my siblings a lot because I was really far away from home and yearning for a time when we could be like that together, you know? And so I think they've noticed too, like since then I've tried to be a better big sister, you know, Mm. because they're super important to me in my life um, and I want to keep them around. And it's hard right now because I have a 15 year old sister and an 18 year old brother and they drive me crazy, Right. Um, you know, but I still love them and I can see like the potential of our relationship being super strong for the rest of our lives. Absolutely. I mean, like one of the first, one of the first things I did, um, after starting, after I started watching the monster factory was record a let's play with my brother. Right. Um, and it's terrible. It's on my YouTube channel. Um, 
<clears throat> youtube.com slash helicopter but um <laughs> it's you know it's terrible and shitty we just do like improvised songs in it and like it's you know it has its moments but like w- ultimately like it was just an attempt for me to like have something to do with my brother where right. we were joshing around you know yeah and i yeah i i i think the monster factory taps into this sort of sibling video game feeling and just the sibling feeling in general that the McElroys always elicit well it's and, it's nerdy siblings you know cuz right. my siblings and i grew up you know watching star wars and indiana mm-hmm. jones and like we grew up in a nerdy household and so and my brother and i grew up watching buffy and star trek and- right exactly so like you know it's that feeling of seeing other nerds who like normally would be made fun of mm-hmm. and how happy and like funny and how great they are and so just like having that feeling of like look guys we can love each other and still be dorks um also it's it's uh it's something that i can share with my siblings too and like feel comfortable like i one of the first things i did when i got home last summer was show both of my siblings final pam right um yeah i show that to pretty much everyone i meet yeah well it was actually penny who who encouraged me to watch it in the first place because she said because I think I said Fallout 4 is my favorite game. And she she said, did you see the Monster Factory? And I was like, what? What? <laughs> yeah. No, um, I told them I was Final Pam for Halloween. And they were like, who's that? And so I was like, oh, I have to show you now. And It's my job as your older sister It's my job you. as your sibling, as your eldest sibling, to make sure you don't go through life unknowing of the great things that exist. But also, it was just so, it's fun now because... They'll be on the other side of the house, and I'll start going, hey, everybody, it's me, Rochi, your favorite guy. And my sister comes in, and she's like, I love this little guy. I'm going to keep him now. And she <laughs> she starts, like, quoting back at me things from this video, and it's just, like, it's another layer of, like, things we can share together, which yeah. is super nice. And and it's it's funny because... Again, it's just it's it's a lot of why I love this content is um, it starts as something you yearn to have and then by sharing it becomes something that you You do do have. have. Absolutely. Um, Agree more. And yeah. And so, I mean, that's really the monster factory. Outside of that, I can say like some of my favorite lines, I guess, you know, like (laughs) mustaches she collects for her dark purposes and. Um, and the whole meta narrative with the Arby's witch. Oh yeah, the and meta then, narrative, all the dark meta narratives. Yeah, like, and the yeah, fact truck. that Arby's took the Arby's witch thing and ran with it and ran an ad that was the Arby's yeah. witch <laughs> holding a piece of pizza in front of an Arby's sign. Yeah. Oh fantastic. my god, so good. Like just oh, fabulous. Man. It's just everything and, about like, it is great. Mm-hmm. And and I do this. I do this. Hold on, and, oh, Final God. Pam, forget keys. Can you, hey, hang on, hang on, fat slug. Can you teach me how to do your butt? Can you teach <laughs> me how to do eyes? What's up, hang everybody? On, I think dogs should vote. <laughs> I think dogs should vote. I um, think dogs should vote. Hey. God, there's so hey, many good ones. Hey, Jeremy, popcorn dude. Come on, you can join my cause. We'll call Popcorn it- Pete. Popcorn Pete, Popcorn that's what it is. Pete. Popcorn Pete. Popcorn Pete. Join my cause. We'll call it rougherage. It's like dog <laughs> suffrage. 
<laughs> Rufferidge. <laughs> the way he says that. Oh, oh, my other favorite part from that 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 series is where he's like when he turns into a dog. <laughs> oh, well, that's great. But no, or when it's he when... turns into a regular teen girl with a boot <laughs> on his head. No, it's the one where they're in the the bar where it says no cussing, and he goes, mm-hmm. Justin, we're here alone. I'm gonna say a cuss, bastard, bastard. <laughs> I love that's in the beginning of Saints Row too, where he goes, "Uh oh, looks like we're in for that good South Park humor." Uh oh, I feel a cuss coming on. Ready, bastard. <laughs> I oh, here comes that. another one. Damn. <laughs> I love that's his go-to cuss is bastard. bastard. And the way he says um, it, like he's a, a, like a he's British dainty from eighteen. He's unfamiliar with how to say bastard. Um. And oh my god, there's so many good ones. I love the Saints Row one, uh, mainly for the whole like the when he goes when Justin's like it's weird that you get used to seeing it, and he's like yeah you need a palate cleanser. Look up a picture of like a normal ass dude, like a Jim Caviezel, <laughs> and then he goes and he looks for Jim Caviezel and he's like, just a guy with like a normal normal look. <laughs> like um, there's a character on The Big Bang Theory. <laughs> named Dimbo. <laughs> and Dimbo it just has a real normal look. Actually, I'm sorry. It's not Dimbo. <laughs> Justin's like, I just searched Dimbo Big Bang Theory, and I'm not even lying. Jim Caviezel showed up. <laughs> and he goes, yes, that's who plays it, and it's not Dimbo. It's actually Trollbus. Trollbus? Dimbo... Tr- Trollbus is his wife. is his lover that Dimbo has taken. <laughs> and... It's it's that whole bit crushes oh, me. Oh man, just they um, do so many good. They have so many good bits where they just go off on a thread. Oh, absolutely. oh yeah, there was that one in the most recent one where they just went on and on about Jeff Goldblum Jeff wanting Goldblum to touch Blue the wanting- Dino Dookie in <laughs> Jurassic Park. Yep, he just he went out the way he lived, chasing trying to get his hands on that good brown stuff. <laughs> and oh my God, there's just so many. Man. So many things. R.B. McDonald. So quotable. Christopher. 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 Or there's the um, <laughs> the scene from literally the second episode, which I didn't realize until today was literally the second episode where he spawns all of the dragons. <laughs> no, 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 God, no, 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 God, no. <laughs> And then, like, second to that is the truck shepherd part where he's just like, uh-oh, oops, uh-oh, oops, uh-oh, uh-oh. I had the same, the first time I saw it, I had the exact same reaction that Justin did when the first, like, pelican man comes out. Yeah. And I go, oh, no, I hate it. I hate it. That one and the pig man, I hate those. I hate them. I really do. I hate it. just a pelican now. It's just, I hate it. Oh, God. Those oh, were some of the best, God. and like, golly, there are. I once so upon a time many. got to be part of my own monster factory. Oh. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? I did a me creator thing with Penny and Ryan. Oh yeah. And we even had our own dark meta narrative. It was great. That's excellent. It was really fun. The dark meta narratives are <clears throat> so much. Yeah. Griffin it's really, really good. needs to like chill out. <laughs> I, you know, I he. He can take it, you know. Like, oh, yeah. no, if he wants, just good. go for it, dude. Like, he's, I mean, he's brilliant. He's the he's he's who gave us some wonderful content. But absolutely. Um, speaking of wonderful content, this 
episode has to go now. We're we're reaching our our quota. We are. We are. Um, and so <laughs> uh, we're gonna be wrapping has this one to up. Go now. This episode has to go now, Blue. <laughs> this episode has to go. Well, it's, it's over we, now. I know, but we need. We can't. We don't want to hurt its feelings, so we have to like right. suggest nicely. I'm gonna sit it down by the lake. I'm gonna welcome. sit it down by the edge of the lake. I'm gonna sit it down by the edge of the lake. I'm gonna say, "Hey, hey, episode." And it's gonna go, "Yeah." I'm gonna go look out over on the sunset there. Okay. Please tell don't. me. Tell me about. Tell me about the stars. Stop it. Oh well, I love Stop the stars. Stop it! I'm my, gonna cry. My favorite star is definitely Polaris. Oh yeah, you always tell me about Polaris, and then I pull out a gun. Stop <laughs> and I just it! Sit there while he's no! looking out over the lake, talking about his favorite star. No! <laughs> this episode has to go now. <laughs> well, speaking of unnecessarily emotional, making us cry, the next episode we're gonna be talking about Taz. Are we? I thought Mabim Bam was next. We don't have enough time to prep. <laughs> okay, yeah. So Taz is next then. Um, <laughs> yeah, Taz is next. So prepare your tissues because, uh, kids, it's going to get buck Oh, wild. no, you're right. It is Taz. I'm looking at my list now that I made. This is not a mm-hmm. joke. I have a list. Yeah, no, the <laughs> list that we made. Uh-huh. The Wait. list I have. I'm, I'm not joking. I have a list. Yep. No, no, I believe you. This is definitely what we prepped. Wink. Taz is what's next. Also, speaking of that, um, this weekend, so today is Tuesday, mm. and uh, this episode will be coming out on Friday the 31st. That's correct. Uh, so this weekend, Haley and I are going to be in Atlanta, Georgia at Dragon And we're going to see the boys live. We're going to see them live. On Saturday, we're seeing Mabim Bam, and on Sunday, we're seeing Taz. I'm going to mm-hmm. be Final Pam on Saturday, and I, we're going to be Loop and Barry together on Sunday. So, if you happen to be, we are very gay. If you happen to be in Atlanta, Georgia, and you want to say hi, I give free hugs. I don't know about Haley, but I give free hugs. I give free hugs as well. I also give free uh, spots on my podcast because I'm going to be wearing, no, I'm going to be carrying my um, uh, hand recorder with me, and we're probably going to record some (gasps) bits down there. Yay! um, For this very podcast. Um, That's exciting. Yeah. So, if you guys want. To be on our podcast, come uh, come talk to us. We'll be there, and you can take pictures with us and just say hi, and we can talk shop about McElroy stuff and just generally be excited fans. And and it's also my birthday, so you can give me a birthday hug. I'll give her a lot of them. Mm, I love you, baby. I love you, baby. <laughs> so, now we're just um, being gross. Now we're just being gross, but... Um, <laughs> Anyway, this episode has to go. Tell me about the stars. My favorite one is you. Uh-huh. Look out over the lake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, before we go, uh, follow us mm-hmm. on Twitter at the Good Boys. No, Good Boys Girls TM, which that URL has a whole story that I will tell on a we'll different day. We'll get into day. that in a, on a, on a ba- behind-the-scenes episode. Yeah, but, uh, um, so- Good Boys Girls at Good Boys Girls TM, uh-huh. and um, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Spoofy. That's Spotify for the cool kids. Um, and any and where anywhere. else podcasts are found. And if you find a place where you listen to podcasts and it's not there, let me know on Twitter and I'll get it taken care of. Uh, you can yeah, find me on Twitter and Tumblr and SoundCloud and Bandcamp for my music at Blue Space Queen. 
And you can find me, yawning. Um, you can find me on Twitter uh, at HeyStews and on YouTube, um, youtube.com slash helicopter. That's H-A-Y-L-E-Y-C-O-P-T-E-R. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And uh, yeah, and so yep. that's we both that. have Make other sure podcasts. Yes, Did we talk uh, about listen that? to our other podcasts. Yes, if you uh, yes. if you get lonely in the off weeks when we're not around, um, Haley has a podcast called Snub Dub, which is a comedy improv uh, storytelling mm-hmm. podcast. It's very good. I'm on there in the later episodes, and it's amazing. And you should listen to it. I also Thank have you, a podcast, and she has a podcast called Ink Tank, uh, which is an enthusiast podcast about animation that she does with a myriad of wonderful, wonderful people that she has networked with mm-hmm. and met online, friends, family, Romans, countrymen, r- <laughs> random internet creeps, and you—you uh, you name it—and me. I'm a random internet creep. No, um, <laughs> and. Well, uh, your episode's not out yet, but when it does come out, it's like the very first time we talk to each other on the phone, and, and it's, it's going to be really awkward and cute. It's actually the day we fell in love, which is it really is. cute. It's um, the day we consider but, our anniversary. Yes. Um, uh, but re- that being said, um, please uh, go to iTunes and leave us a nice review if you yes. would be so kind. Um, I believe we already have a review from Cromslore. Thank uh, who you. Who gave us five stars? Thank you, Cromslor. Cromslor, um, your review was wonderful, but had a sad lack of slacks in it. It had a sad lack of slacks, <laughs> but we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> for the time being, thank you all so much for listening to this one. Um, and ah, uh, oh shit, we didn't come up with a we don't have an, an outro, outro last time because we usually do the outro. We, our plan was to do the outro of each. Of the shows we were doing, but Monster Factory doesn't have, have an, outro, an outro, so I guess we just have to like talk about something going on. Consuming all lasagna PNGs, Cyberfield. No! I need my lasagna, my glossy JPEGs. Tell me I about love the you. stars. Oh, <laughs> no. I love you too. <laughs> we said that at the same time. I love we're you. We're really gay. Oh, actually, that's a good gay outro. Yeah. I love you. I love you. And I love all of you. That's too gay. That's too gay. (laughs) Whoa, hang on. I found my limit. (laughs) I never thought I would see the day. History was made today on pot in media res. Haley found the too gay limit. I found the two gay limit. From this day forward, we shall call it Haley's limit, and it will be <laughs> the limit be at which. Not to be confused with Haley's comet. No, Haley's comet, which is just gay enough. Thank you for, thank you for listening. This has been just gay enough. <laughs> just gay enough. The podcast with a tasteful amount of gay. <laughs> All right. I think that's enough riffing to constitute a Monster (laughs) Factory outro. Stop. All right, bye. (laughs) (laughs) The first one.